Basketball is back. On today's show, we're talking about the Mavericks' first scrimmage and any takeaways we have. Makes it a two-point game. Oh, here's your mismatch right here. Now it's Luka. Deep three over Welcome to 77 Minutes in Heaven, a Dallas Mavericks podcast as part of the Athletic Podcast Network. This is Tim Cato, as always. I'm the Mavericks beat writer for The Athletic. With me is Dave Dufour. Just one. Do do one, not do four. Yeah. Well, we're doing five tonight. Ooh, I don't like the sound of that. To be Basketball's honest. back, Tim. Not enough basketball, but here we go. It's back. I saw it on my television. Yeah, spent all afternoon uh, watching scrimmages and... Uh, Actually, it, while we're recording, uh, the Jazz and and Suns are playing, and I gotta say, man, the Jazz not looking too hot. Mm, mm. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, so, what do you think about the Mavs tonight? Uh, I'm gonna kick this question back to you and say, what should we actually be taking from a scrimmage before we even talk yeah. about this? Like, is it even reasonable to look at? Um, 40 minutes of basketball, because mind you, they're, you know, for the first scrimmage, everybody's playing 10 minute quarters. Like, is there, can, can we even take something away from this and be like, oh, this, this means that? Uh, not really. We actually talked, we touched on this, uh, on Nerder She Wrote this week because it has a, a, there's a certain summer league vibe to how people are, are watching these games, which I, by the way, I love summer league is actually some of my favorite basketball uh, it's not good basketball, similar to what we're seeing in the scrimmages, um, but it is hopeful basketball because, you know, everyone's watching all these young guys, these rookies, and, you know, they're rooting for them to turn into players for their teams. Uh, very similar to what we're doing with these scrimmages where it's like we haven't seen these guys in months and everyone just wants their team to be healthy and good. Um, now, nobody's good right now. That's the number one thing that we can take away is that everyone kind of looks like they just took four months off in the middle of the season, which was to be expected. Uh, everybody except for LeBron James, by the way, who um, is astounding me with how much speed he still has at his age. Uh, very scary tonight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's insane. Uh, I would call him an alien, but that's not fair. He's just a superhuman. Um but I think the takeaways, you know, they're all on the margins. We're not going to see any any kind of rotational changes yet. Uh, you know, it's a scrimmage, and, and clearly Coach Carlisle treated it as such. I mean, uh, the starters played, you know, somewhere between like 13 and 17 minutes or something like that. Um, definitely trying to keep the load down, work these guys into game shape ahead of the, the games, the seeding game starting next week. Um one of the big things that that I was paying attention to was how comfortable guys looked shooting the basketball. Uh, not so much the conditioning, because I assume everyone's out of shape aside from LeBron. But th- how do you look actually shooting the ball with defense around you? And I thought for the most part everyone looked pretty good, especially early on when they were fresh. Uh, you know, Luca hit that big deep step back right off the bat. Seth Curry went six of six tonight from three. That's a great sign. I mean. Six threes in 15 minutes is pretty good. I mean, that's, uh, that's a pretty good clip. If he keeps that up, I think he'll set a record. That's, that's about how many NBA range threes I would hit in, in 15 minutes in an un, uncontested in an open gym. 
<laughs> yeah. So, you know, I, I'm just looking at, at stuff like that on the margins. Um, you know, I, I, like Luca goes three of six from the free throw line. That stands out to me. It's a, you know, this is a more of a practice style environment. He should be well rested. Certainly conditioning is going to play a part in that, but I, I want to see him hit his free throws. Um, I mean, he's been bad all season. So right, exactly. it, it was, yeah. Um, so he's in mid-season, mid-season form from the free throw line. <laughs> But, but right, right, we right. can't we can't make any sort of real judgment based on on these things. Um, I will say, you know, they put up 108 in 40 minutes. That's pretty right. good. That's a good indicator that this this offense is not going to have a, a lot of trouble getting revved up. Uh, I still, you know, the defensive concerns are still there, but but I think overall. You know, forget the final score aside from the fact that you scored 108 points in in 40 minutes. Um, but I think overall they probably feel pretty good. They got through it without anyone being injured, and guys look co- pretty comfortable taking shots. I, I think you know those two things really stand out to me. Yeah, if if I had to latch on one one big picture thing that that I think this scrimmage represented, it was that the Mavericks have a starting five. I, I think it is is very clear that the starting five they they, they used uh, Lucas uh, Luca Kristaps uh, Dorian Finney Smith Tim Hardaway Jr. and Seth Curry um, with with that fifth spot being the one that had kind of bounced around a little bit uh, after Hardaway got but got fully inserted you know uh, I, I think there was some uncertainty or uh, confusion over you know who that fifth starter would be especially after Dwight Powell was hurt. Um, it's Seth. It is very clearly Seth. They had established that at the end of the, you know, uh, but before the the season uh, uh, was paused, you know, it, it, Seth has Seth had very clearly established him, himself as that um, e- even before that. But you know, if there is any any doubt that this was the five sum that that is going to start a vast majority of every single game left that that the Mavericks have to play, um, and you know. On, on that note, like very well could be the starting lineup at the start of next season. Um, I, I think that that you saw that they went out there tonight and that Seth just, you know, just was on fire and that this five sum is one of the best offensive five sums, um, uh, you know, in, in the league this season, in the league this this decade. You know, like these five players, Chris Epps Porzingis as, as the five man and, you know, Luca being Luca. And three shooters around him, two of them, you know, in, in Seth and Hardaway that are, you know, just deadly, just lethal. The, it's it's just it's it's this this is why this is why that they they're on pace to set the NBA record in offensive rating, and I I don't I don't think there's any doubt or or confusion as to as to why that is the case when you look at these five players on the floor together and. And so, you know, I thought I thought it was a, a pretty good start. You know, they they all have positive plus minuses. Part of that was that they started the third quarter uh, not against the Lakers starting five, um, even though overall they played about the same number of minutes. Um, but but yeah, no, I thought I thought it was a very promising uh, back to usual start for those five. And if I if I had to latch onto one thing, it was, it's definitely that. And and we actually didn't get to see this lineup very much during the regular season. That that. Yeah. That's another thing is there. We're going to get to see some lineups in the scrimmages and probably in the seeding games too. Let's be honest, that we didn't really get good looks at, and they're not going to be large samples, but they they might stumble onto something that works. Uh, you know this this starting lineup from tonight: Hardaway, Curry, Porzingis, Finney Smith, and Doncic, 
only played 122 minutes this season, so a very small sample, but they had a plus 11.7 net rating. Yeah. I mean, the offense, the offensive numbers, you know, 120.7 offensive rating. Again, small sample, but still, I mean, there is something there with this lineup. I mean, clearly there's a lot of you, offense. You want another really good stat about I do. this lineup? I do. So it's not specific to this lineup, but when Seth Curry has played with Chris Stapps as the only big man, um, so without Maxi, without Boban, without uh, Dwight Powell on the floor, um, Seth shoots 80.8% sure shooting. Um, a reminder, the league average is about 57, 58. So he's shooting 81, uh, actually 80.8, so 81% sure shooting. Uh, the Mavericks score about 123 points per 100 possessions. Um, it's only a 200-minute sample, so we definitely have small sample size going on here. But but just just you know think about it like like if the Mavericks are going to space five out and then have one of the league's best what five shooters is that is that where we're at with Seth Curry best best you know oh yeah let's say five yeah best five shooters uh, plus a stretch five how like what are you going to do like like. Seth is that good, and yeah. and I think I think that that we're realizing that I think that this is the player he is. You know, like he mm-hmm. is he is in his late twenties, so it, it may be a short peak, but but I legitimately think that he can peak at this level for several seasons. You know, may, maybe maybe a bit less than you know. I, I think since January first, he's been averaging like sixteen or seventeen points um, on like sixty five percent true shooting, and maybe that's a touch high. Maybe it's just like a little bit much. Maybe that that weirdness, the the weird shooting slump he went through at the start of the season, um, is something he's going to deal with every season, and thus his stats will be you know more in line with what you know his overall season averages are. But I don't see anything in Seth Curry, and I guess this is where the conversation is going, and I think it's it's useful. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, that that makes me think that he is not capable of being this good of a shooter, and makes me think that he hasn't developed every the other parts of his game just like his brother did much earlier uh to to make him still dangerous even you know make him more versatile and and be able to leverage you know just his deadly shooting into just an overall really talented scary offensive player especially when Luka Doncic is passing to him and when Chris Epps is spacing and there's nothing else you can do to stop him especially then right and you know it's uh he was doing it off the dribble tonight some too, and I, I thought that that, you know, that's huge. He has to unlock that. And so if that's a real thing, that's big for this team. Yeah. Yeah. Like, obviously, he's never going to be his brother, and it's 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 tired to compare them. Like, it's impossible not to, but, you know, it, it's obviously it's unfair to him and all that stuff. Um, his shot isn't as quick, and, you know, he, he doesn't have the handling. You know, those, those, are, those are the two things that make Steph Steph. But, like, Seth is, is legitimately – so here – I remember a couple of years ago when I was working at SB Nation, we did the top 100 players of 2021. And I remember uh, fresh off St- uh, Seth Curry's, you know, breakout season in Dallas. I remember putting him in the honorable mentions as, hey, like he actually, I think, has a chance to be a top 100 player. Then he missed an entire season with injury. He went to Portland where, you know, he was just, you know, basically... You know, a, a he was a repeated, you know, a repeatable player because you know the two guards in front of him were very similar. Kem, comes back to Dallas and like, I I just I I legitimately believe that this is the type of player he can be. Like, like this is not a fluke. This is not a you know just a, a what do they call it in soccer? A, pur- a purple patch. 
Is the, isn't that the isn't that the expression? Yeah. But it's not just yeah. like a it's not just like a twenty game hot streak. Like I legitimately believe that this is a top five shooter in the NBA. And if you're a top five shooter in the NBA and can do stuff off the dribble, then you're going to be as good as Seth Curry has been since the start of the season. Or uh, sorry, the start of this calendar year, especially. I mean, honestly, uh, there was a time uh, during the game where the the Lakers announcer said Seth Curry is out there shooting like Steph Curry, and it's like no. He's shooting like Seth Curry. Like, Seth Curry right. is one of the five or six best shooters in the league right now. Um, you know, and then, obviously, Tim Hardaway Jr. is also pretty damn good. Yeah. Uh, but but it's time for people to realize that he's really good. Yeah. Yeah. And the, and the one thing I'll, I'll say again, I mentioned this earlier, just, just, just to double down on this, a lot of his success, yes, does specifically come because he has Luka Doncic passing to him and Kristaps Porzingis now... Uh, I think on a full-time basis, especially with the starting lineup, as the team center, and absolutely that is that is part of the reason. Like like he would probably I don't I don't know if you could put him on Orlando and he would average um, you know 16 points. Uh, certainly he would not do it on the efficiency he is now. But in the situation where he is the you know like like he he might start becoming the third player uh, offensively that teams you know think about that that. When, when, when teams go up and play the Mavericks after Luka, after KP, it might have to be Seth that they think about next. But, you know, for most of the season, it, it, it had been Tim Hardaway. And, and when Seth Curry is the fourth player you think about or the fifth player you think about um, offensively, like that's when you know you're doing something right. And we know the Mavericks are because, once again, they're on pace to set the league record. And for the record, we'll almost certainly do it. They're, I think, 0.7. Uh, points for 100 ahead of the Warriors who set it last season. Um, I'm sure someone next season might set it again. Maybe it's the Mavericks again. Maybe it's somebody else. Like it's a it's a record that will keep being broken for a little bit until I think offenses start to start to top out. But um, yeah, he's good. He's good. Mm-hmm. So hot I, take. I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Seth 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 is a very good NBA player, and I know that it it does feel a little bit that okay we're just latching on to his eight of eight game six of six game and we literally just said don't take too much from scrimmages i am not taking it from this scrimmage specifically i am just i want to latch on to the fact that this is the starting five that seth is now seth like like he is fully embraced by the coaching staff he is fully embracing his role uh he's he's fully integrated into the starting five um i think this is sustainable and you know well, if he's he been shoots, good yeah, he's been yeah. good for a while. And if he shoots thirty percent for the rest of the, you know, Orlando, then that's on me. And I'll, I'll it's an aberration. If I that happens, it's head. an aberration. <laughs> I mean, this guy's I, a really good yeah. shooter. I did uh, ask him uh, to to your whole thing about yeah. shooting and what the break does. So so in the post game, I asked him, and I, I was trying to I was trying to get a two part question in, and it, it went pretty quick. Uh, you can't can't exactly unmute myself. Uh, these Zoom things are weird. I don't I don't love them, but but I'm, yeah. I'm sure we'll, we'll all get used to them. Uh, but but I asked Seth how long he went without shooting, and he said it ended up being a month and a half, almost two months. Um, he he shot a few times outdoors, but that was it, and that was the longest he had been. And you know, I, I think I think this goes back to conversations we had on this podcast. At the end of the day, I don't think that layoff is really going to affect professional shooters as much as we might have thought it would have. Um, so yeah, I feel vindicated. Yeah, no, no, I, I feel pretty good about shooters being okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, like we said, it's all about conditioning. Mm-hmm. It's it's not about exactly. the shooting. Yeah, maybe maybe a bad shooter, maybe like Michael Kidd-Gilchrist is going to come back and hit you know, twenty percent <laughs> instead of 
35 percent in practice. Michael Kidd Gilchrist yeah. didn't play in a scrimmage. Yeah, he was. Nah. Uh, he, for the record, he is still. I, I believe he is there now. Oh, okay. But he is still getting. I back don't think they missed him. Shape. Let's just put it that way. I uh, don't think he's gonna. I think he's gonna be most useful for the third scrimmage if he's available yeah. by then to fill minutes because I don't see him having a big role. Like he's your Kawhi Leonard has thirty five in the, you know, at halftime and we're losing by twenty. And, and we're fine three, with not having any offense. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let, let's yeah. talk about Luca because I, I was actually impressed with how Luca came out right off the bat. He was aggressive. He was actually like penetrating with the ball, and I mean, um, showing how much he's improved his handle since his rookie year. I mean, it was on display fully early on in this game. He he is also good. Speaking speaking <laughs> of the good basketball <laughs> yeah. players, man, um, pretty good. I, I feel, pretty it good. Feels like it feels like we've we've definitively established that at least two Mavericks are good. It's at a basketball. very controversial Maybe more than podcast. That. It's a very controversial <laughs> podcast, Tim. Yeah, yeah Luka Dodge is pretty good. We'll have, to, we'll have to put like a content warning at the start. Uh, Luca was great. I, I you know, and, and again, this is all stuff we've talked about. Like, I, I think that this break was so helpful for him. He, you know, in in Luca fashion, somehow still got banged up even in the first scrimmage back. Um, but but he he assured everybody on the on the Zoom conference after that that he's fine. It wasn't a big deal. Um, he, he mostly went back to get sh- uh, stretched um, and didn't bang his wrist that that had that had been the most problematic injury that that he had been dealing with down the stretch of the season before it got uh suspended uh but yeah no i mean he he looks he looks great you know he hit one step back um you know missed free throws but Mm -hmm. that's that's been an all-season thing uh six assists 14 points on eight shots yeah like like again you know he's he's he looked fresh like like it's i don't really care about the numbers like i care about what he looked like and he looked fresh and he looked you know uh like like he was ready to go at it again like yeah like i i think you remember down the stretch of the season that he looked he looked exhausted and and every time a call went against him he was he was yelling and, and just frustrated and and it, it it got to the point where I wasn't sure if he was enjoying basketball. And the one thing you can say about Luca for the first year and a half he's been in the NBA, by far, when you watched him play, you saw the joy of the sport. And, you know, I don't think he fully lost that by any means, but he was carrying several injuries and he was getting more and more frustrated at the refs and he was getting more and more frustrated at his inability to hit three-point shots and we'll see if he's able to hit threes now, you know, more consistently. I know he thinks he should be, you know, probably a 40% shooter. Realistically, if he was 35%, I think the Mavericks would would embrace that gladly. But I saw a player on the court who was thrilled to be playing basketball again. You know, again, he had been away from it, just like pretty much every player in the league. He had, he had been away from shooting. He had been away from the court. Um, you know, for something something along the lines of six to eight weeks, you know, when quarantine first started, that is longer than he has been away from basketball, probably since he was six or five. And so I saw someone who was just embracing basketball being back. And that is a player that every other team in the league should be very scared of. Before we move on, with the return of the NBA season coming fast, The Athletic has launched The Athletic NBA Show, a daily podcast combining some of your favorite basketball voices all under one umbrella. David Aldridge, Ethan Strauss, Marcus Thompson, Zach Harper, Sam Amick, Wozni Lambre, 
me, Dave DeFore, Seth Partnow, Mo Kill, and more, along with all of our athletic beat writers. Produced by Jade Hoy, it's a full-spectrum NBA one-stop shop. Something for everybody. Every day features a new show covering everything from insider news to cultural issues, from deep dives into analytics to deep dives inside the front office. So before things tip off later this month, make sure you subscribe to The Athletic NBA Show, available now wherever you listen to podcasts. Guys, you got to get yourself ready to show off your summer body. The beaches are opening up, the sun is shining, the bushes have got to be tamed. Manscaped is here to ensure your post-quarantine body is ready for the wild. Manscaped is dedicated to helping you level up your full-body grooming game. The Perfect Package 3.0 kit comes with the essential Lawnmower 3.0 waterproof cordless body trimmer and a ton of other liquid formulations to round out your manscaping routine. You can adjust all the settings to get a length you like, and you can stay on top of it with almost no effort at all. Don't forget to use their Crop Cleanser to keep your hair and skin healthy. It's an all-in-one formula, so it's as good for healthy chest hair as it is for your skin. Inside the Perfect Package, you'll also find the Manscaped Crop Preserver and Anti-Chafing Ball Deodorant and Moisturizer because we know how painful chafing can be when you're out there wearing your bathing suit all day. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code THEATHLETIC20. And for a limited time, subscribers get not one, but two free gifts. The Shed Travel Bag, a $39 value, and the patented high-performance anti-chafing Manscaped Boxer Briefs. So go to manscaped.com today and use code THEATHLETIC20. How'd you feel about Porzingis tonight? He looked a little tentative to me, uh, but I thought he ran the floor really well. You know, he is, uh, I, I liked I liked his one pull-up, you know, driving jumper thing. I think it was probably like an eight or 10 foot shot that he ended up kind of pulling up, but it was, it was off of a couple dribbles to get to that spot. Um, you know, I agree. Largely was was not super involved in the offense, but... You know, do you think the Lakers are a team that he's ever going to thrive against necessarily? No, because they can just body him so hard. And right. I mean, you could see one of their big keys was to touch him as much as possible. Everybody right. was putting a hand on him. Dwight was extremely physical with him. Uh, even Anthony Davis was very physical. And I think that, you know, that's a Anthony little bit. Anthony Davis is like the perfect player yeah. to put on Chris Epps, too. I, I can't remember. How much was it Davis compared to Dwight? Uh, tonight, it was, it was a lot of Dwight. Yeah, it was a that, lot of Dwight, right? Um, but but what I what I think that we saw, I mean, this is a little bit of a blueprint. If these teams somehow run into each other in the playoffs, I mean, we we saw a similar tactic during the regular season. Pretty clear that that they want to try to exploit his lack of physicality. Right, that is probably always going to be a hole in his game. Again, it's. Like he is, he's like we remember all the the photos comparing him to Rambo at the start of the season. Like, like it's not that he doesn't have muscle. It's it's again. I think he's you can just push him around. And I hate to come back to this again, but it is the theory that explains the most about the player he is and the way he plays. Uh, he has a high center of gravity, and so it's hard for him to move people, and thus 
you know, subsequently it's easy for people to move him. Right. Um, but, but other than that, I think from a physical standpoint, he looked good. Looks like I he's agree. in shape. Looks tan. You know, <laughs> him, Boban, and, and Luca all look like they just were at the beach. Most damn tan team in the league, if that, yeah, if those words got all, a, yeah, wow. The white dudes on that team are pretty tan. Even Maxi was a little tan. Maxi was tan as well. I agree. Yeah. But yeah, I, I would say for, for Brzingis, I just, I don't think that, you know, playing the third best defense in the league, which the Lakers are, and, you know, specifically a, a team that's just chock full of the big men they have. I, I don't think that it's ever going to be a matchup where he's going to, you know, just, you know, maybe, you know, let's, let's say they get in on a playoff series. Like I would suspect he averages under 20 points a game. He's still incredibly, incredibly valuable. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, and and we know this, and we've talked so much about what his spacing does, and you know we talked at the beginning of the show about you know just just that starting five that he's in, and how the Mavericks are embracing him as as the lone center, and how that you know really just is terrorizing you know to to everybody else, and and it unlocks players like Seth and and Hardaway and and obviously Luca, but. In, in terms of what he actually did on the court, you know, it, it wasn't it wasn't uh, it, it was enough that I'm not worried about him in any way. And beyond that, you know, I I, I think it's fine. But you know, uh, also what I want to uh, one more thing before before we wrap up, uh, yeah. Boban hitting a three, a beautiful <laughs> three. I do think that that needs to be in the game plan. They should be running plays. You know, run Boban off screens. Set him up with a stagger screen. Um, you know, maybe have him run pick and roll and, and and shoot off the dribble. That's what I want to see out of out of the Mavs. Why is Boban not the point guard? Boban is the point guard. Mm, there it is. So, and this is this is a great place to close because I can't possibly move past this. But no. but by any chance, do you know? Do you have any? Any knowledge of what Chandler Parsons' Twitter bio was for at least several seasons between <laughs> no. Why would I 20, 2015 to, to 2018? I, I would have to go check and see if it's still that. No, I, of course, have no idea. And the best way I can describe this is just like this was extremely Justin Bieber of him. But it was 6'8 with a ratchet. Like just that that was that was his bio. I'm not entirely sure what it means. Like, you know, I I, I know the slang to the extent that I understand slang words without fully under, being able to put them into phrases. Mm-hmm. But 68 with a ratchet. And so um, when Boban hit that 3, and I want to give credit to whichever Mavs uh social media person tweeted this. Um I'm trying to theorize even which one it would have been out of out of the uh out of my friends over there. Um I won't do that. But they tweeted out 7-4 with a ratchet in the video of Boban hitting that three. Mm. I found that very funny. So maybe the joke's lost on everybody but me, but I laughed out loud when I saw that. Um, yeah. yeah, it's lost on me. I'm not, I'm not going to pretend like I get it. It's lost. <sighs> Man. Man. 7-4 with a jump shot, though. That's what, I would, that's what I would say. I always forget that I'm stuck podcasting with the older generation. God damn! <laughs> Man, left, left, left. Oh no! Left wow. you speechless there. <laughs> oh well, there's another scrimmage on Sunday against Indiana, I believe. Okay. 
I don't know. I was going to say, is that right? And then I realized there's no reason you should know that. And frankly, I don't feel ashamed that I barely know that. Yeah, I mean, um, it's a scrimmage. It's Again, a scrimmage. like the whole goal to see good stuff is great, but but really it's to see these guys improve from, from scrimmage to scrimmage, game to game, getting themselves in shape and ready for these playing games in the playoffs. And, and that's the ultimate goal. But uh, I think, you know, you got to feel pretty good about what we got to see tonight. Yeah. We also uh, we didn't quite have time to get to Josh Reeves eight minutes and forty four seconds. Unfortunately, we'll have to save that for a later podcast because uh, I know I'll wait for the oral history over at the Athletic. <sighs> I might just have to. Anyway, that is actually a good place to end. Thanks everybody for listening. Um, good to have basketball back. You know, I feels think, good. I think I think we all missed it in in one way or another. I think we all really did miss it. So. We'll be back next week uh, talking more basketball, more scrimmages. Uh, we'll have some content on The Athletic. I'll, I'll be doing various previews of, of, the, of the restart to come. I think I'm going to make some, uh, some bold, dumb, accurate predictions. Uh, you can pick one of those adjectives. I'm not sure which it will be. Um, and then uh, there's some other stuff going. Just a lot of preview content. A lot of, a lot of celebration that basketball's back. And I think, I think that's, that's going to be exciting. So... Uh, so along with that, we'll have a podcast and, and we'll see you guys then. Oh my God! Oh! Oh, oh, shut it down! Oh Let's go home! <laughs> it's a wrap, dude! Man, that is a wrap. <laughs>